Welcome to the Smart Thinking Podcast. This is my dad, Ted. Welcome to the Smart Thinking Podcast. I'm your host, Ted Knightsky. Well, here we are in February, working our way to spring here in the United States, and I've got some things for you to reflect upon and do as we head into what is hopefully for you a small or large break. I always think that when we head into spring break, it provides us such an opportunity to do a few things. Number one, just relax, take a break, walk away, maybe find some warmth or in the form of sunshine or just a warm blanket. And at the same time, walk away from the work in an effort to regenerate our inner need to serve others and rejuvenate the heart that pushes it all while investing in our brain so that we can increase our skills to be the best versions of ourselves every single day. Because we are, after all, Buffalo leaders. And what that means is that we charge into the storms that we are facing when we see them coming. And the best way to grow stronger as a Buffalo leader is to read, learn, grow, collaborate, and invest in yourself. Because there are storms coming that you've never seen before. And you need the skills as well as the mindset in order to chase into those. And in in order to really be the best version of yourself, you have to invest in your own optimism and look for different examples of those things. Which is why I am so excited to bring you a bunch of books today in order for you to read between now and summer if you want to supercharge yourself. And if you want to really grow over spring break in one of the many areas that I'm going to present to you, It's going to be pretty easy because I've found a bunch of texts that I've read in the past few months that I think will help you grow, learn, and most importantly, be able to serve others in many ways, either by coaching them, leading them, growing them, or being empathetic along with them. So let's get to it. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six books for you this week on the podcast, And I'm going to start out with what I call a boom book. Yeah, a boom book. What I mean by that is it's a book where like every other page I'm going to myself, boom, I love that. Boom, I needed that. Boom, others need that. There are 37 chapters in this book. And now before you freak out and think it's like a 6,000 page text, it's not. Instead, what it is, is it's 37 short chapters, all immediately applicable. And this is the type of book where I let it sit next to my bed. I'll be reading another text and I'll think to myself, all right, before I fall asleep, I'm going to frame my mind around some advice from Greg. Now, Greg Harden is the author of the text. He's going to be on the podcast here in the next few weeks, but... His book is called Stay Sane in an Insane World. I think think I've quoted him a few times in past podcasts, but his book is fantastic, and it's a need to read for leaders, for coaches, and for kids. And the reason is, it is just filled with mindset booms. Like, oh, I wish I'd have thought of that. Oh, the next time I come upon this, I'm going to be able to frame it in a different way. You see, Greg worked at Michigan University. And he was the, I'm going to say the brain coach, the motivation coach, the just the coach for every athlete and many of the adults who went to that school and go to that school. Greg is a genius. Everybody from, well, I'm going to talk to him on the podcast and you can read the book, so I'm not going to go through the long list. But 
there's some pretty impressive human beings in here who said their lives were changed by Greg's coaching, advice, and his mindset. One of my favorite of many quotes in here can be found early in the book when he's talking about holding on to unhealthy relationships and then negative self-talk. And he writes, I've worked with many people who rely on negative self-talk to protect themselves from disappointment. He then goes on to create a list of self-defeating attitudes and behaviors that he coached others around. Things like blaming others, complaining, procrastination, clinging to depression, stealing, stealing others' ideas, being reclusive, spreading rumors, fighting, just all the things that we find in cows who are looking for reasons to avoid chasing into their storm. Every part of this book will find you doing probably what I did, which is highlighting, writing, stopping, taking pictures, and (laughs) sharing with as many people as possible. One of the things that he talks about is surrounding yourself with quality people and that you actually have to, quote, recruit them into your life and become aware of yourself and how you are around them. He's got all these great acronyms and processes for people to use and live by. And you can hear me turning the pages in the book because I I found so many different great quotes and ideas in here. One of the other ones is, in his opinion, a best friend is someone who looks like this. They believe in you. They never want to let you down. They value your opinion. They're happy when you do well and they're honest with you. That very best friend, the one person you can trust with your life, should always be yourself. Boom! I mean, I'm reading this book like, oh yeah, I need to be better for myself. Who else is always going to look out for me? Who else is always going to believe in me? Who else is always going to care for me? Well, it should start with me and then me doing that for others. He also has what are called the three C's of assertive communication. In order to get your point across and be the best version of yourself for others, you need confidence, clarity, and control. It's so simple, folks. It's something you have to read because if you work with other people, you are going to find yourself hearing in your own voice, Greg. My favorite line in the entire book is this, control the controllables. Folks, the book is Stay Sane in an Insane World, and you have to read it. It's by Greg Harden. It's a phenomenal text. I reached out to him, and he's going to be on the podcast here in a couple of months, maybe weeks, maybe days. (laughs) I think that's called a teaser. Book number two, A New Kind of Diversity by Tim Elmore. Now, if you're a longtime listener of the podcast, you heard Tim and I have a conversation a couple weeks ago. This is a must read because it breaks down each generation and helps you build empathy for them as well as reflection for yourself. And that's what I think is so powerful about the book is because he breaks down everything into interpretive graphs, showing you how generations think, feel, and see different events, why they are the way they are. And there are chapters dedicated to you building your empathy, which is how we close the generational gaps. He's got all these great tips for you throughout the book on how to bridge the gaps, like find ways to group up and put multi-generational events on the calendar to allow people with multi-generational workforces and organizations and clubs to be together. When in a debate, start by acknowledging where both generations agree. Yeah, well, that's common sense, but most people don't. Number three, explain your temperament and style when you offer feedback. This is who I am, and this is how I do it. I'm sorry. This is the way that I provide feedback. I'm a little too honest, and I know it. 
and express the story you are telling yourself. In other words, the narrative I have in my head, as many of us learn to do through crucial confrontations, and get it out and make sure that they understand that. And then explain it so that people see your point of view. One of the things I really, really like about the book is I believe this is a great book to read with your leadership team, your grade levels, your friends, and have a conversation about it. And you can just read chapter to chapter because at the end of the book, what Tim does that is fantastic is he provides you what he calls talk it over points. Four or five questions at the end of every chapter that allow you to actually have a conversation. I think it's a phenomenal text to bring people together, especially if you are running out professional development and trying to build empathy for the different generations of which that you work with and lead, including the kids who are currently in classrooms. One of the favorite tips is actually the name of the chapter for chapter nine, which is the beginning of part three of his book called Bridge the Gap. And the chapter is just titled, Life is About Managing Preferences, Tensions, and Expectations. He then goes in to talk about that there's actually a mathematical formula. Preferences, expectations, and requirement equal tensions. Different experiences lead to unique expectations. Unique expectations lead to ongoing tension, and tensions are something to manage, not solve. I'm telling you, you're going to read his book. You're going to find yourself in situations. You're going to look across the table at your friends if you're reading it along with them, and you're going to say to yourself, like, this is one of our core problems, and we just have to share the narratives in our head and close these gaps. We can do this. The other piece that I also really appreciate is that Tim's got an educational background and he really understands both what's going on at the elementary, secondary, middle level, as well as the collegiate level and the technical school levels. Because he talks about what we need to do is formalize SEL practices for adults. Yeah, social emotional learning for adults. And he goes into a whole piece on this. And one of my favorite things he says in here is SEL social emotional learning, is how people learn to understand and manage emotions, set goals, show empathy for others, establish positive relationships, and make reasonable decisions. Yes. And he says there's five ways we do that. Number one, with self-awareness. Number two, with self-management. Number three, with social awareness. Number four, with relationship skills. And number five, with responsible decision-making. All of which, if we never talk about, falls back into the category which we've talked about many times on this podcast, and that's that an unspoken expectation can never be met. So, using SEL with adults is something that we need to start to do. Again, the book is called A New Kind of Diversity by Tim Elmore. It's about generational gaps and differences. However, at the end of the day, at the end of the book, it's kind of a common sense guide to being a great leader colleague, son or daughter, and servant to others. All right, book number three. This one here is a book that I put more ink in it than I think the publisher did because every single page I found myself going, oh. Now, one of the reasons I really, really love the book is because I also really, really love music. And one of my favorite genres is jazz. And the book is called Yes to the Mess. And it's by Frank Barrett. It's a book that's written about how we can use the principles of jazz to be better leaders for others. And seriously, folks, I I, I love this text. I, I've written in it so much. I've gotten so much out of it just for my own reflection on how to say yes to the mess and how not to protect things and how to be strategic and how to work within my strengths and support the strengths of others. My favorite chapters in this book are chapter two, yes to the mess. 
developing affirmative competence. Number five, jamming and hanging out, learning by doing and talking. Number six, taking turns soloing and supporting. And then the last chapter, getting to yes to the mess, advancing engaged strategic improvisation. Improvisation. (laughs) You could say it either way. One of my favorite quotes in the book is by him quoting a philosopher who wrote that life is understood backward, but not forward. And it was just one of those pieces where I, I highlighted that. And then I wrote in the corner of the text, if only we could all figure this out, where we studied what has happened, but move forward without ever, without ever holding on to principles, guarding them and refusing to change as a result of our past. I'm going to read to you my favorite long quote of the book. Yeah, I have long quotes, medium-sized quotes, and short quotes. I was a history major, so pulling out large quotes always made those papers a little longer and got me to that seven to eight page requirement. Okay, here it is. Why is it often so hard to say yes to the unknown? Social psychologists and behavioral economists have shown the humans that humans are profoundly loss-averse. Most people prefer avoiding a loss to acquiring a gain, especially in stressful times. Stress unlocks us into tunnel vision and leads us to adopt a siege mentality. We circle the wagons to avoid risk as best we can, but such a mindset, while understandable, is self-limiting. Rather than saying yes to the mess, people cut short the discovery process, stop learning, and fail to notice opportunities. And then I finished the sentence because we're defensive about things that we've built and grown to love instead of being open to the mess. This book is going to get you to start to think about your organization and your life in a different way because it's going to support you looking for ways in which to identify things that are messy that often we give up on. This is such a buffalo book, it's insane. Yes to the mess. It's going to teach you to charge into the storm without wondering or worrying what's going to happen. And by by really improvising as you are living your life moving forward. One of my other favorite quotes is, They come at challenges from different angles, ask more searching questions, and are born communitarians. In other words, people who say yes to the mess like the challenge. They look for new ways of doing it. They ask different questions, and they ask those questions in community in order to find out if they are doing okay. Now, one thing here, if you are a jazz musician lover that I need to caution you about, and that is this. This book can be really expensive if you buy all the albums he talks about, which I did. Don't tell my wife. Okay, book number four. So the book was Yes to the Mess by Frank Barrett, and I'd highly recommend it as a leadership reflection text. Okay, book number four. This is a book for you. Now, the first book that we talked about, right, is all about how to coach yourself, how to get yourself in the mindset. The second part, the second book with Tim is to get yourself thinking about how do I become more empathetic for the people I work around and absorb and accept the diversity in which I live. And then the third book is how to manage all of that by saying yes to the mess. Now, the fourth book, well, this book is all about you you growing yourself, you growing your perspective, you investing in you. This book feels like you're sitting down with a wise old uncle as he's talking you through all the different ways in which that you can become better at knowing people. 
The world is starving and is hungry to be listened to is something I had read a long time ago. And in the newest book by David Brooks called How to Know a Person, which my friend from Nebraska on our last podcast had said he was currently reading, well, he taught me that I needed to read this. He told me I needed to read this book and I read the book and I love the book. Now, the reason I love the book is because Dave Brooks breaks down all of these different ways in which to understand the world that we live in. In the Right in the inside cover, it says, All around us are people who feel invisible, unseen, and misunderstood. And it is our responsibility, then, as a result, to figure that out, to find a way to see people and understand them. The book's chapters, part one. My favorite two chapters are the first two, the power of being seen and how not to see a person. They're inverted and it's fantastic. It shows you and opens your eyes to the different ways. Dave Brooks is such a great, David Brooks is such a great writer because he brings in research and stories and analogies and current events and it just ties it all together so well. In the second part, I see you in your struggles. There are three chapters that really stood out to me. The epidemic of blindness, hard conversations, and then my favorite, the art of empathy. And in part three, the way it ends, I see you with your strengths, which ties right into those of us who love to use the Gallup strengths, personality, what energy do you bring into the room? It's fantastic. And as I went through the book and I found all the different ways to find uh, applicable strategies for myself and others and to provide others professional development, I found this quote, which I think is going to help us if we can frame it as classroom teachers. And this is what I really liked about it, because it also points out why it's so hard for us to ask good questions. Here he goes. Kids aren't afraid to ask blunt questions, but at some point during late childhood or adolescence, many of us begin to withdraw from intimacy. I'd say it's because society sends the message that we shouldn't show emotions, shouldn't get personal, or it sends the message that if we show the world who we really are, people won't like us. He's right. If you go for a walk with a seven-year-old, they're not afraid to ask you any questions. I have a little red mole on the inside of my right eyelid, and it's something that is just surprising to me how many children get close to my face and ask me, why do you have a red dot on your face? I have never had an adult ask me that same question. And if I run into any of you, you don't have to point it out. But my point is this. Children are innocent and they ask questions because they're curious. And then somewhere along the way, we find ourselves not willing to know the person in front of us because we just don't think it's right to ask questions. Okay. Once you've asked the questions and you've got to know them, then you have to work your way towards empathy. And one of the things David Brooks writes in his book that just made me feel really good because I believe it, and now he demonstrated it, is that researchers have found that people who read are more empathetic, especially people who read complex character-driven texts as well as biographies because they're constantly seeking understanding. They're looking at the world they're living in and they're trying to understand it. And you're practicing that through the examples of others. Readers are leaders who are more empathetic. I love it. It's kind of a boom moment again. Okay, so the book is How to Know a Person by Dave Brooks. And again, it was given to me by my buddy Tim from the StrengthsFinder Institute. All right, last two books. Now, I normally don't um, refer to fiction books with you, but I was with my brother Tom 
the other day and he was talking about all the books he was reading. And we usually go back and forth, like, what are you reading and what's this? And my brother Tom takes a lot of book uh, samples from my mom. And my mom is an avid reader, like a hungry reader, four or five books a week. She's on her local library board because I think that gets her into the new books quicker than other people. But after my brother finished telling me a book about an octopus, he then went in and told me about this book called The Little Liar. He said, Ted, you need to read this. I sat down and I read it in a day. So without even wondering, I went onto my Amazon app and ordered the book. And by the time I got home the next day, there it was. It's phenomenal. It's a young, honest and innocent boy who's tricked into a life of deceit. And it takes you from the 1940s during World War II in Greece, all the way through this young character's name named Nico. And I don't even want to tell you anything about the story. I just want you to read the book. It's by the same guy who wrote Tuesdays with Maury, Mitch Albom, and it's just fantastic. And what I really love about it is what it says right in the beginning. The Little Liar is, at its very best, a great book, narrated by the voice of truth itself. It is a timeless tale of the harm we inflict with our deceits and the power of love to inspire forgiveness and, ultimately, to redeem us. It's a book that talks about the unforgettable story of truths and lies, and it's set during the Holocaust. You've got to read it. It's a fantastic text. It will build your empathy. It will make you reflect. It'll get you thinking about how people interact with you. It'll help you understand the motivations of certain people around you. And more importantly, it'll make you better. Okay. The last time I had offered some books, five books for fall earlier in the year, I received more emails than ever before because I had referred to a children's book. That made me really start to think, huh, if they like children's books that much, I am more than happy to look for them. While out of the season of life to read these books, it doesn't mean I'm out of the season of life to look for these books. So over the holidays, every time we went to a little shop, because we always shop local, I kept finding myself going over into the children's section and looking for books. And then I found this book, a book by Kobe Yamada. The book is called Maybe, and you have to get it. It warmed my heart as I stood there in the store. I bought a ton of copies. I've been giving them to people all the time, and I would ask you to get a copy for yourself. Just to read out loud to adults who are wondering if they matter, especially to read to children, and it should be a tale read every single night to someone you love who is young. The book again is called Maybe. It's got a cute little person on it and a little pig that follows around the main character, but it's really a story about you and how much you matter. Because as it says in the book, you are the only you there will ever be or ever will be. You have much to offer. You matter. And maybe, and that's what I love about the book, is that every statement is maybe. Maybe you will help others to see the beauty in each day. Maybe you will speak up for those who can't speak for themselves. Maybe you have no idea just how good you really can be. And maybe you don't know how much you matter. But maybe, just maybe, the world has been waiting centuries for someone exactly like you. Get the book. I'm telling you, the opportunity to read those or just put those statements out daily, the opportunity to take those teachable moments that this book offers, just like the Matthew McConaughey book did last time. It's fantastic. I love the text. 
I actually bought the little stuffed pig that came with the book. (laughs) Okay. Those are the books for this winter for you to buy as you read into spring. And I'll have more by summer. But those texts in order should be read. You should purchase them. I always get this email. All right, Ted, that's a lot of books. I'm not a big reader. Which one should I definitely read? Well, here we go. If I were a leader of other people, you know, like in the hierarchy, I would definitely read Yes to the Mess. If I was someone who was struggling with the ability to motivate others or even myself sometimes, I would read Greg Harden's book. I would definitely, without question, read the text, Stay Sane in an Insane World, just so you can coach yourself. If I were a younger teacher or an older teacher or someone who was struggling with working with my team, I would definitely read A New Kind of Diversity by Tim Elmore to try to understand the empathy that we need to use to close the gaps between each other. And not just because of our age, because of our differences. If I were only going to buy one of these books, I would buy the children's book maybe. I'd put it on the edge of my desk, the edge of my world, and I would make sure that everybody who walked in, if I had five minutes and I was running late, I'd say, hey, read this book. I'll be right back. My favorite book of all, of all of them, if I were going to be sitting on a beach or by a pool and I needed some motivation and to have a better understanding of what great problems I've actually lived through in my life is I would read A Little Liar. And the last book, and of course the one that I liked and enjoyed very much, is David Brooks's How to Know a Person. If you are working with someone or someone around you is struggling to understand or be empathetic to the world around them, that's a really, really good book. And it's something that I definitely would recommend that teams read that are struggling with each other, or more importantly, already strong. So as I pointed out, you've got all these options, and I would definitely read one of these books if I were you, but I would read all of them if you can. So let's do some smart thinking. How are you investing in yourself so that you can grow and learn alongside your journey to ensure that you have the strength to run into the storm? List one, two, three, four, five, or six of the books that you're going to get. And finally, which text do you think resonates with where you are right now and the needs you have as both a person and a leader? All right, that's it. That's the Smart Thinking Podcast. Hey, as always, thank you for listening. And please make sure to rate, share this podcast on your platform and to order one of the books. And finally, thank you to the Well Pennies for their awesome music, for all they do for me and for their fantastic, upbeat, and optimistic music that we get to listen to each week at the end of our podcast, as well as the great artists from Golden Bear Studio. As we close out here, I want to challenge you. A couple of weeks ago, I saw a young teacher who was in a session I had run a few years ago on Facebook, and he had challenged himself to read a book a month. Now, for me, that's pretty awesome, and I read much more than that, but I also don't judge people who don't read. But I do often wonder why they don't read, and that's something that always occurs to me when I come to people who are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe how many books you read. And then I always say to them, well, why don't you read? And many times it's because they don't know how to find things that interest them or people give them six inch thick books on like Stalin because they once upon a time said they liked history. (laughs) I think the best way to grow a network of people who are empathetic, who are strong buffaloes who charge into the storms that they're facing, who are optimistic, is to help them by nudging them and bringing text to the conversation. Have you read? Did you know? 
And one of my favorite things to do when I start out staff meetings with people that I know or don't know is just to ask them all to write out on a post-it pad what's a book you've read recently that has profoundly impacted you. And then throw them up on the wall and allow people to go up there and look at the list and then find out, hey, who read this book and, well, what did it do for you? I'm very fortunate to be in a network of leaders and friends who constantly think of each other about what they're reading and what they're doing. And one of the things that struck me when I was prepping for today's podcast was that not a single one of these books that I've read did I find by myself, with the exception of the children's book. The rest of them were all nudged. Hey, Ted, you should read this. Have you thought of this? Craig Weber told me about Yes to the Mess. He's another author. Each of the books was suggested to me by somebody who I trust and care about, and they didn't let me down. And that's my final reflection for you this week. What books have you read that have impacted you, and who can you get them to in an effort to support them? I gave you six, and maybe you'll buy one. And I hope you do. All right, everybody, that's it. You have a great week. Enjoy this. Get the books. And of course, be Buffalo. Charge into the storms that you're facing with the strength that you have within you, because we all know that you matter. Look at the stars. Look how they shine for you In everything you do Yeah, they were all yellow I came along I wrote a song for you And all the things you do And it was called yellow So then I took my turn Oh, what a thing to have done And it was all yellow Your skin, oh yeah, your skin and bones I jumped across for you Oh, what a thing to do Cause you were all yellow I drew a line I drew a line for you Oh, what a thing to do My love And it was all yellow Shine for you. Look how they shine. Look at the stars. 
Look how they shine for you And all the things that you do 